CCRN, the Cigar Connoisseur Radio Network. Broadcasting from Humidor 1A in the Cigar City of Tampa, Florida, USA. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show, your weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure-friendly hotlines are open. 877-DAVE-007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time for the General Cigar Dave. Well, we have moved Command Center Alpha to a special Ford Theater of Operations as we are attending the Florida Association of Broadcasters annual convention from the Renaissance Vinoy Hotel, a historic hotel in downtown St. Petersburg, Florida, just across Tampa Bay from the Cigar City of Tampa. We will be set up here and conducting alpha male pleasure and broadcast maneuvers for the next two hours. And this is a monumental program. Today, we celebrate the 23rd anniversary of yours truly pontificating, entertaining, and postulating about everything in the world of alpha male pleasure maneuvers. Be it cigars, be it spirits, be it grilling, be it dames, be it golf, be it taking the enemies, tackling the enemies of pleasure. We have been doing it as of today, 23 years hard to believe. Long Ash greetings and salutations, a Long Ash snappy salute, Semper Delictatio. Always pleasure, long live the Alpha, make America great again, screw the enemies of pleasure. Your commanding five-star global general and global alpha male, Front and center here, hard to believe that 23 years ago I sat in front of a microphone at the time at 620 WSUN, our uh, first ever station that we aired on. I will never forget it. It was high noon on July Saturday, July 8th, 1995. And I remember at the time thinking maybe there would be 10 other people that would enjoy talking about cigars and smoking cigars. And at the time, we just specifically talked about cigars. And I had Dan Ramirez, who at the time was the general manager of Edwards Pipe and Tobacco in the Cigar City of Tampa. At the time, the premier preeminent tobacconist and cigar retailer. His family had history and roots working in the cigar factories. We prepared all this material, history about Tampa and the Cigar City. And I'll never forget coming on, and within about 30 seconds, every phone line lit. And after five minutes, I said, we need to hit the phones. And every person thereafter said, this is great. Finally, a talk show for us, people that enjoy cigars and people that enjoy the good life. And the show started to smoke this. And we evolved. After about five or six years, we started talking not just about cigars, but about alpha male pleasure maneuvers and good life maneuvers. We started talking about spirits. We started talking about delicacies. We talked heavily about grilling. We had to start taking on and fighting and battling the enemies of pleasure. Because when I started this show in July of 1995, you could smoke a cigar wherever you damn well pleased. We didn't see the enemies of pleasure rearing their ugly heads in the People's Republic of California until probably around 1998, 99, maybe even 2000. 
And then all of a sudden we saw a massive, massive shift where the enemies of pleasure came out and said, we don't want you smoking in restaurants. We don't want you smoking in bars, but it's okay if you want to enjoy your cigar at an outside patio. And everything was all great. And then a few years later, once those cockroaches got their foot in the door, lo and behold, once they get in the door, look out, because they will break the door down. And that's exactly what happened. And all those restaurants and bars that created these elaborate, expensive, and very comfortable outdoor patios, all of a sudden were out of luck, because the enemies of pleasure then were able to get their various legislators and governors to sign off on legislation saying, now you couldn't enjoy cigars outside, no smoking. And now we've seen it encroached on, on sidewalks and on golf courses and on beaches. It has just gone endless and, and just more cumbersome. So when I started this show, it was simply to enjoy a great cigar. And we have evolved as the Cigar Dave Show. And hard to believe, again, 23 years ago, started off with a very simple idea. There was no business plan. There was no massive, uh, massive plan of what we would, where we would be in a year, five years. Trust me when I tell you this, my fellow alphas. Trust me. I had absolutely no idea or any conception in my mind that we would be here conducting broadcast maneuvers 23 years later. In fact, at the time, the commitment I received from WSUN was we'd be on the air for 26 whole weeks, six months. And I remember saying to, I uh, met Eric Newman, and Eric said to me, I went to uh, meet with him, and he looked at me. I told him about the idea to do a show for an hour, and he said, you seem like a nice guy. Our family's been in the cigar business for nearly 100 years, and I can tell you that we can't talk about cigars for an hour, and there's no way in hell you will be able to. He said, don't call us. We'll call you. Well, after the first show Saturday, that's Saturday, July 8th of 1995, I get a call the following Monday morning from Eric Newman. He called. He said, come and see us. And here we are 23 years later. And it's so appropriate that we are conducting broadcast pleasure maneuvers today from the Florida Association of Broadcasters Convention because the idea, the concept, for the forerunner of the Cigar Dave Show, Smoke This, and ultimately the Cigar Dave Show, started it at a Florida, Broadca Florida Association of Broadcasters board meeting in Tallahassee, Florida, the state capital of Florida. After leaving a special board of directors lunch at the governor's mansion with Governor Lawton Childs at the time, and I sat next to him, I'll never forget it, and he's very anti-tobacco, but he loved cigars. He used to smoke his cigars in his cook shack. And I said to Governor Childs, what's a cook shack? He said, well, after you go and you, you, you hunt for all the animals, you got to cook it somewhere. And you have your little cook shack. So he says, love cigars. And I gave him a cigar. And on the way walking back, the general manager of WSUN at the time, Todd Leeser, and I passed by a cigar store. And I said, hang on a second, Todd. I'm going to walk in. I need to pick up a cigar. And he said, I didn't know you love cigars, Dave. I said, absolutely. He said, so do I. We bought a couple of cigars. We lit them up on the way back to the Florida broadcasters' uh, offices. And on the second floor, Pat Roberts, the chief executive officer, who will join us later in this hour. Or correction, next hour we'll have Pat. He will join us. I'll never forget, I was sitting in his chair at his desk. And I remember talking uh, to Todd and a few other people saying, you know, we're smoking our cigars. You could smoke indoors at the time. I said, we had to do a radio show on cigars. 
Cigars are making a huge comeback, big renaissance. Tampa's the cigar city. It makes perfect sense. And Todd looked and said, great idea. When do you want to do it? I said, geez, how about on a Saturday? You know, Saturday lunchtime at noon would be perfect. Maybe we'll get a couple of free cigars a week. We didn't know what would happen. Figured we'd get 10 listeners. And he said, great. When do you want to start? I looked at, my, uh, at the calendar, and I said, well, we're like in early April. You know, I need a, few, a couple of months to get things going. Uh, you know what? Let's do it after July 4th. And July 8th, 95 was the time that we said we would start it. And again, here we are 23 years later. So there were no business plans. There, if Harvard Business School did a study on the Cigar Dave show, I guarantee you they would look and say, wait a minute, you did not do a business plan. You didn't do financial forecasts. You had no idea what you were going to talk about in the first show. You did not have a path for this show. You just had this idea. There's no way in hell your show will ever work. Your business right, model will never. That's right, Dean Martin. Exactly. That's right, Dean Martin. I guarantee you they would have looked and said, no way in hell. Well, here we are 23 years later. And we have That's so right, Dean Martin. <laughs> I could listen to that 100 times. Rodney Dangerfield. I got no respect. You're kidding me. He is absolutely the greatest. When I think back uh, 23 years, certainly so many people to thank. The, uh, the people that worked on our show and, 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 of course, all our great affiliates, all our advertisers, uh, of course, you are great alpha listeners. Because if we didn't have our listeners, if we didn't have our great affiliates, we would be nowhere. So we certainly have all of you to thank. So here we are 23 years later, very hard to believe. All right. Before we get to the National Cigar Litation Libation Ceremony at the, in the next segment... I want to tell you about a story that occurred to me while traveling and why it is so important for you to exude alphaness, to exhibit alpha traits at all times. Alphas get ahead. Betas are left behind. Perfect case in point. Earlier this week, I was flying from Buffalo to Atlanta. Actually, Buffalo to Houston via Atlanta on Delta. And what I learned is the acronym for Delta doesn't ever leave the airport is true. The first flight originating 6 a.m. from Buffalo is on an MD-88. The MD-88s are about 25 years of age. They still have these analog steam gauges. I mean, I, I asked the, the, the pilots, do they give you goggles in case the steam starts flying out of these steam gauges? The technology is old. They're maintenance hogs. They're 25 years old, pure and simple you're going to have reliability problems. Well, we board the airplane. I'm in my seat at 5.25 a.m., and I see the captain kind of scurrying around, and at 5.50, I see him talking to the flight attendant, saying, yeah, we got a maintenance issue. Let me tell you what's going on. He steps off the airplane to talk to the uh, sky waiter, and consequently, the captain comes on and says, well, folks, good morning. I uh, just want to inform you that uh, we've got some maintenance issues. Primary maintenance issue is there's a missing fastener on the tail cone of this airplane, an MD-88, 25 years old. How do I know that? Because I looked by the door and saw the serial number of the aircraft and the date of manufacture. So I know that MD-88 was 25 years of age. And he said, but we've got maintenance coming out, and there's another smaller issue, but they're going to come out in the next 10 minutes, and we'll get back to you once we know. 
About 15, 20 minutes later, comes back and says, well, good news, maintenance has come out. They are going to get the fastener. They're going to make the repairs. going to take probably about 45 minutes. So we will be a little bit delayed. We know some of you have connections. The gate agents are going to work on that. Well, I had about an hour and 35-minute connection, so I was still fine. They built in plenty of pad. Well, at 6.40, the captain comes on and says, good news, the tail cone has been repaired, and we should uh, be just waiting for the paperwork from the mechanic for me to sign off on it, and we will be good to go, should have us out of here by about 6.50, 6.55. Well, 7 a.m. rolls around. 7.05 rolls around. It's 7.10. And being an aviator, being a pilot, I knew exactly what was going on. Whatever was supposedly fixed was not. There were issues. The pilot comes back on. And he said, folks, uh, hate to inform you this, the tail cone is fixed, but while they were repairing the other issue, a small leak, after they repaired it, another leak came. That was repaired, and then another leak came. So now all of a sudden, we've got more leaks. That's great. On a 25-year-old airplane, you don't want any leaks. The only leaks that you want are when you go into the lavatory. That is it. So he comes back on and says, we're going to ask you to the plane. We're going to be delayed for several hours at least. Well, by that time, I get off the airplane. I was the first off the aircraft, and there were three gate agents, and there was a Delta red coat. And, of course, he makes the announcement on the plane before he plane, saying, don't worry, we'll come to you. We're going to work you all in order. Well, I'm an alpha. I'm not going to wait to be called. I am going to be the squeaky wheel. I'm going to get the grease. I'm first one out of the airplane. I line up, look at him. By then, I've already gone on my mobile app on, uh, on uh, United and American, their mobile apps, and I see that there is a pair of American Airlines flights that leave in about an hour and a half. I can get on those. There's availability, and I will be on my way to Houston. The agent looks at it. He says, no, it's not available. I said, I'm looking right at it here on American.com and the American mobile app. It's wide open. There's tons of seats. You know, presses the keyboards like you see in the movie, click, 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 click. Nope, not available. I said, he said, well, you know, if you want to try the app or, you know, Delta will automatically rebook you. Well, I said, forget that. So I go to call the Delta a Platinum Medallion Hotline. Two-hour wait. This is for Platinum. Two-hour wait. Shame on you, Delta. You should have more people. Two-hour wait. So I said, forget that. So then what I say is, I'm going to go on Twitter. And I send a direct message that I will share all the direct messages with you. I'll X some things out. With, I direct message Delta. And they reply back saying, well, and they always do this. Oh, we're sorry to, about the inconvenience. They always love to say, sorry, sorry, sorry. That doesn't do me a damn bit of good. So they say, we're sorry. We've booked you through JFK, leaving at 2.30 in the afternoon, getting you at 11.00. Even though in the direct message, I tell them the specific set of American flights that I want that are available. Delta Twitter desk and the Delta help desk people, you are worth zero. You are not worth a damn. You don't, you, obviously, you're illiterate because you can't read exactly what I stated. So I said, screw this. I find there's a special airport number for rebookings. There's a prompt. If you're at the airport, press 1. I was. Got right through to a very cordial woman. I tell her, look, here's where I am. The gate agent is useless. The Twitter help desk people are useless. This is the American flight set of flights I want to get on. It's showing wide open. They told me it's unavailable. Delta help desk from the Twitter doesn't do what is, is irrelevant. Here's what I want to do. She looks at it says, give me a minute. Yep, they're open. She said, it's going to take me about 15, 20 minutes to get these booked for you. I can take your number or you can hold. I said, tell you what, I'm going to give you my number, but I'm going to hold at the same time. Comes back to me 20 minutes later. She says, I've got your flights. 
and no problem whatsoever. Your flights are all squared away. Here's the ticket number. Just go to the American counter or the gate. Give them the ticket number. It'll pop up. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Beautiful. Fantastic. I then go to the gate supervisor. I say, my bag is on the plane. I'm on an American flight. Here are the flights. Here's the originating flight to Philadelphia. She says, no problem. I'm going to radio down. She radios down, and she says, okay, I need the bag taken to American Airlines. Great. No problem. She said, your bag's going to American. You're all set. I get to the American Airlines gate at Greater Buffalo Niagara Airport. As soon as I get to the gate, I get a, a message from Delta's mobile app saying, pleased to inform you, your bag is now on bag carousel B in arrivals. Well, so much for the gate agent, the supervisor, telling me, no problem, your bag is going to go to American. Long story short, I have to go down to arrivals, claim my bag, go upstairs to departure. I go to American. Luckily, I'm first in line. They're very nice at American. They check my bag. I have to go through the pleasure of TSA pre-check one more time. And this time, when you go through now every, like, fourth person, they randomly buzz it off. And all they want to do is take either your computer or an iPad, and then they swipe it. Great. No problem. I go through, get to the American gate. All right. Long story short, I make it to Houston, albeit late, but in time to make some meetings and some other things. Delta failed. Their gate agent was a wussified beta. Couldn't do anything to say, no, I'm going to make that. They always want to keep you on their airline. Well, screw that. I had to be somewhere. They screwed up. The, the, the baggage people screwed up. Their Twitter uh, uh, help desk people screwed up. They all screwed up, bottom line. So, in a nutshell, Delta, I want to say to you, your offer to give me 7,500 miles, while you think may be generous, is a damn insult. Go screw yourselves. Take the 7,500 miles, Delta, and shove it up your ass. And to the CEO of Delta... Who, uh, whose name escapes me right now, but hang on one second. Wait, CEO, Ed Bastian. Thank you, Ed Bastian. Ed Bastian, you as the CEO and your fleet planners ought to be ashamed of yourselves because you're incompetent because if you haven't planned correctly to dump those sack of garbage MD-88s after 25 years, you all shouldn't be in the airline industry. So, Delta, you want to make it right? Give me 30,000 miles, you cheap bastards. You, you need to add some alpha to your Facebook news feed. By following The General, you'll get the latest intel in the world of cigars, info on the show each week, and see what The General is smoking. Click like at Facebook.com slash Cigar Dave. Several items I would like to get to today. First up. Those of you that are members of the Cigar Dave Officers Club, the June 2018 selection of the Drew Estate Sampler, consisting of an FSG by Drew Estate, the Florida Sun Grown, the Acid Cuba Cuba, and the Hoya de Nicaragua Antaño, they shipped Thursday and yesterday. We had a delay because of all the civil unrest in Nicaragua. The, uh, the main highway where the cigar manufacturers ship their products or transport their products to the, to the primary airport in Managua was blocked for uh, umpteen days. So we had a delay in receiving the cigars from the Drew Estate factory in Nicaragua. We have received them. They have gone out later than we normally ship them, but they did go out 
Thursday and yesterday. So if you are a member of the Cigar Dave Officers Club, early to mid next week, you should start seeing your Officers Club June 2018 selection. July 2018 should be on time. The Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the water in Buffalo, presented by Gurkha Cigars, exactly six weeks away, Saturday, August 11th, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m., Buffalo Riverworks. It will be a day of alpha male pleasure maneuvers. Everyone attending will receive a special Gurkha Assault Pack consisting of six premium Gurkha cigars, including three of their new brands that they are launching in two weeks at the Cigar Retailers Convention. You will be the first in the country, in the world, to sample those cigars. Huge alpha male pleasure buffet. We will have loads of craft beer or samplings from uh, Hamburg Brewing. We'll also have loads of distilled spirits. Cigar Dave Live broadcast. It'll be a great day. Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the water. Presented by Gurkha Cigars in Buffalo, New York, Saturday, August 11th, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Info and tickets, CigarDave.com. They're going quick. Info and tickets for the Pleasure Fest, CigarDave.com. The moral of my aforementioned Delta rebooking story is you must be an alpha male and take charge. The betas got left behind. This alpha got to Houston when necessary. All right, I've already cut the end of my cigar. I've got my litation device, and this uh, cigar today is the Alec Bradley Connecticut. I sponsor at the Florida Broadcasters Association convention every night, the Cigar and Spirits event, big party, and we've been enjoying the uh, Alec Bradley Connecticut, Connecticut wrapper, Honduran binder, Honduran and Nicaraguan filler, nice mild to medium flavored cigar, absolutely spectacular. I'm going to just toast the foot of this cigar, and as I do this, it is in honor of the birthday of Mrs. Harem of One, Gina, up in the Western New York Theater of Operations. I'm toasting this cigar. I'll puff and rotate. Mmm. Excellent. Fantastic. Mmm. Excellent. Very smooth. I've got some Perrier with some of my sweet leaf water drops. No artificial uh, sweeteners, just uh, fantastic. Very cool, refreshing, a nice pairing with my Alec Bradley Connecticut. We will continue front and center from the 2018 Florida Association of Broadcasters Convention, the Renaissance Vinoy, St. Petersburg, Florida. Next up, noted political uh, commentator and political analyst and political consultant, Adam Goodman. You have seen him on Fox News, CNN, BSNBC. He will join us front and center next. The 2018 Alpha Pleasure Fest on the Water, presented by Gurkha Cigars, is Saturday, August 11th at Buffalo Riverworks in the Western New York Theater of Operations. It's a day full of alpha male pleasure, including six premium Gurkha cigars, including three soon-to-be-released new brands, distilled spirit tastings, craft beers from Hamburg Brewery, and a buffet fit for the alpha male. The Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the Water, presented by Gurkha Cigars is Saturday, August 11th in Buffalo, New York. Get your tickets now at CigarDave.com. In 1964, Jose O. Padron began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle, always focus on quality, never on quantity. 
Nearly 40 years later, Padron cigars are recognized for their superior taste and majestic construction. The result of Padron controlling all aspects of the cigar making process, including planting their own seeds, growing and curing their own tobacco, and constantly supervising the rolling room. To Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padron family, it's called making great cigars. The Padron lines include the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series and the Padron Traditional line. All Padron cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padron. For your Padron retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padron is on the band, quality is a matter of family honor. Surgeon General Warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. Cigar Dave Show, there are several things we really like in a Washington bureaucrat. Uh, embalming fluid? A wooden stake through the heart? Well, I guess after those two things, you really don't need the rest. Well, it's appropriate we run that rejoin liner as we come back to you from the Florida Association of Broadcasters annual convention at the Vinoy Resort, downtown St. Petersburg, Florida. And it's my pleasure to welcome a man very familiar to you if you uh, watch Fox News or CNN or even MSNBC, noted political uh, advisor, consultants, media strategist, Adam Goodman of the Victory Group right here in the Cigar City area of Tampa, St. Petersburg. Adam, appearing on the Cigar Dave show is just like being on Fox without the check. It's, it's almost the same. And, and with that musical introduction... I, I don't want to like sit down. I want to start dancing along with you. So exactly, it's all about the good life here. And and Adam, we you just finished an interesting talk earlier today here at the Florida Broadcasters Convention. And even though we spent our time talking about the alpha male good life, we've got big elections. We're big Trump supporters, make America great again supporters here on the Cigar Dave Show. And you brought up something very interesting, talking about the midterms, that traditionally we've seen that whatever party occupies the White House, they tend to lose the House. Now, I don't think that's going to happen, but you do. Well, I'm a big believer in history. As a history major in, in college, I, I like to think there's still something about past precedents that lead you know, to predictions for the future. Uh, the normal turnover in the House uh, against the party in power, the party that holds the White House, is between... 25 and 30 seats in a midterm. It's a 23 seat margin right now. So, you know, it doesn't, it stands to reason that if you believe in history, you're thinking the Democrats have a really good shot. They also qualify that more when they say that if a president's approval rating is under 50%, you start to pick up even more seats. With, with that said, it's a wild game out there right now. And uh, frankly, I think Democrats uh, are doing everything they can to maybe buck history as opposed to embrace history because of some of the things that we saw recently from Maxine Waters uh, and others who are trying to, you know, get everybody all riled up, and yet they're really losing focus on the game. Well, you know, Donald Trump always uh, hands different titles to various people, and I've got one for Maxine, Meshugana Maxine, which in Yiddish means an absolute wackadoodle nutjob. Meshugana Maxine, but it's very interesting, Adam, because 
I just saw a poll this morning on one of the newscasts, and they said the top three uh, most favored candidates to take on President Trump for re-election in 2020, the oldies but goodies, Hillary Clinton, Joe Biden, and Bernie Sanders. Right. Are you kidding me? Right. I mean, talk about looking to the past and stale. Right. Here's, here's what's going to happen, in my opinion. None of them are going to be there when we get to the final furlong of that race. America did something in 2016 they hadn't done in, like, forever. They decided to bypass the parties in the middlemen and try to go directly uh, to where they, to leaders they thought could represent where they were coming from. As I said in the, the, pre the presentation today on the left, Bernie Sanders almost made it out of absolutely nowhere. A Democratic, aging Democratic socialist almost made it against a system completely stacked against him. Donald Trump did. He did make it. I think, you know, as we, we live in the age of Netflix, where we want to cut out the distributors in the middle and go direct to consumer, I think we're in a direct-to-consumer democracy now. And the Democratic nominee, I'm telling you, in 2020 is none of the three you talked about. Probably isn't even a person we know about yet. All the people that are posturing, oh, it could be Kamala Harris, or it could be Cory Booker, all the names that you normally would, would, would come up with in the conventional lane, understand there is no conventional lane anymore. Conventional politics and conventional politicians are on their way out, frankly. The Donald Trumps, Bernie Sanders, and others like that are on their way in. It feels they had something, they generated something that felt good, and people wanted to rally behind it. Adam, let's talk about our guest, Adam Goodman of the Victory Group. You've seen him on all the major uh, news uh, networks. Has run over 400 and I'm just looking at this, 450 candidates in 46 states across America, based here in St. Petersburg, correct? Yes, I am. Gotcha. But originally from a city that I uh, lived in after college, Baltimore, Maryland. Yeah, but what, was, what did Steve, you said it right. Yes, Baltimore. you did. Baltimore. Baltimore. Charlie Ekman, right. may he rest in peace, who <laughs> taught me about drinking scotch beginning at 9 in the morning. Right. Uh, just like Frank Sinatra. <laughs> and, and, right. and, and a great story about Charlie is Charlie was a real alpha male. I mean, going yeah. way back. And he always used to tell the story. I met my wife, Mil uh, Wilma, on a Tuesday. Met her, uh, married her on Saturday. <laughs> and they were married, I think, for like 50 years. Just incredible. But Charlie was the ultimate alpha male. But when I moved to Baltimore, I'd call it Baltimore. And he said, right. kid, it's Baltimore, damn it. How many times do I have to tell you? And Baltimore is a or Baltimore, as we say, where I grew up in Buffalo, very similar, a lot of ethnic neighborhoods, right. the old Democrat machine. But when you look at Maryland, which was very, very blue, a very blue state, you have a Republican governor who's, I think, pretty popular there. Larry Hogan, you're talking about yeah. Governor Hogan. Hogan, when he ran for office, was given no shot. Then he was given some shot, and now, of course, he's the governor. I'll tell you what happened. He went directly to the people. He did some creative advertising. He talked about the broadcasters. They should be very happy because the advertising that he did in his first race was tremendously impactful and connective. And he's a real guy. And for a Republican in a four-to-one Democratic state to prevail says something about what people were looking for that they weren't finding in the normal political machines that the Democrats have pretty much controlled in Maryland for many years. And now you have, of course, he survived cancer in a major, you know, in a dramatic way. And people were cheering for him. We need more Larry Hogan types, frankly, in office. He's not, uh, he's less of an ideologue. He's more of a doer. Right. When you hear him talk, he's, you, you kind of take it to the bank. Like, okay, I understand what he wants to do. I might not like that, but I understand where he's going. Okay, and that's refreshing. I think people want And I think that. President Trump is similar. He's more, he's not an ideologue. He's a doer. Now, people sometimes get offended because I believe that we know that he goes on Twitter, but you cannot argue that going directly to the people where we've seen Governor Rick Scott do it here in Florida and, and Governor Hogan in Maryland. I think that's changed politics 
permanently now because now there's a method of communication where there's no filter between the candidate and the voter. Right. It used to be that we were told what to do. The parties were like the deciders behind the closed doors and the bosses telling us what to do, commanding us what to do. The tables turned on that. We are now making the call. We don't want anyone telling us what we should or shouldn't do. We want to discover that for ourselves. We want to discover our leaders as opposed to them being proclaimed. And that's the new, the new um, kind of dynamic in politics. And that's what makes it so exciting right now because you don't know who we're about to discover next. Like the person I, whose video I showed in this presentation, MJ Hager, who was an unknown in Texas running for, you know, as a Democratic nominee for Congress, I'm telling you, she's going to win that. She's going to win that because she feels right. She's a veteran. She's decorated. She almost lost her life, when, and she broke all sorts of barriers, and she's real. She has all the qualities that people want, and to tell you the truth, it's not about party anymore. It really isn't. I mean, people will take a Republican, a Democrat, an independent, and near socialist they saw up in New York the, uh, this week. They'll take whoever it is if they're real and they can do something to advance the uh, the ball. Well, I think the party system is outdated. Why is there only two parties? I mean, you've got to be put in either bucket A or bucket B, and there's so many more variables because, uh, you know, you look at different issues. You know, to me, I'm more of an economic a defense. I, I don't want people telling me what to do in the bedroom. I don't want it in my personal life having a cigar, having a cocktail. But I do believe as a business person, as an entrepreneur, hey, stay out of my hair. And if, if we had more, I think, candidates that were less party-driven, I think this country would be better off. Adam Goodman is our guest from the Victory Group based here in uh, Florida, where we're attending the Florida Broadcasters Convention at the Vinoy Resort. Adam, tell us about your background. We know you're from Baltimore originally. <laughs> I was born in, born in Baltimore, raised by a, a dad, mom and dad, and dad was one of the original madmen, which you'll appreciate. Sure. He got in the ad business back in the late 50s. Uh, they've been schooled by a guy by the name of Joseph Katz, who was kind of a classic in that part of the world. And, uh, and by, in 65, was there, a couple of people came to him running for governor of Maryland. Two were Democrat, one was Republican. He, against all advice, including my grandmother, his mother, against all advice, took the Republican. They said, are you nuts? Uh, he then prosecuted the, the, that, that case with incredibly inventive ads that included a Frank Sinatra, rights to a Frank, Frank Sinatra song, My Kind of Man, My Kind of Town. My Chicago's. Kind of Town, yeah. He made it My Kind of Man, Ted Agnew is. And Ted Agnew, out of absolutely nowhere, became governor of the state of Maryland, and two years later, of course, vice president under Nixon. Went from nowhere to everywhere. And I'm watching this. I'm hearing about this at the dining room table every night. It was awesome. So that's why I got into this. I couldn't resist. I tried to go conventionally, came out of college, tried banking and business. Where'd you go to school? I went to Haverford College. Haverford, outside okay. Outside of Philly. Sure. And uh, I just, at one point, couldn't shake this fascination with having a front row to democracy. And I've been doing it now. This is my 40th year in the field, and it feels like it's my first. Where'd you start your first campaign? My first campaign was in Oklahoma for a, a guy. A Bal Baltimore kid Baltimore going to Oklahoma. Went to Oklahoma. Ron, Schott was, Ron Schott was a former OU, Oklahoma University all-star halfback. So he started with 45% of the vote in football crazy Oklahoma, but it was still Democrat at that point. We lost by two points, uh, bottom line. The funniest part of the campaign was when I showed up. I showed up this kid from Baltimore in cowboy boots and a cowboy hat. I'm trying to fit in, right? They looked at me like, dude, what is with you? What is really? wrong with you, right? <laughs> so from that early lesson, uh, my, my experience in campaigns. Blocked. Did you have a little bolo string tie, too? I had it actually in my pocket. <laughs> Didn't have the nerve to pull it out at that point. With the jacket with the embroidery, <laughs> you know, on the back. I mean, did you really got to fit in. So uh, when did you move uh, from Maryland to Florida? Okay, so 
after many years in, in the political vineyards, uh, my dad asked me back to Baltimore, actually, to, to help him run the business. And eventually uh, I took over and was president. And we did campaigns in the early 90s in Florida. We had this unusual assignment to do all the Florida State Senate campaigns with Andrew Crenshaw. And that introduced me to all sorts of players here. And after 94, dad's ready to retire. I said, you know what? I think Florida is going to flip uh, politically. And so we came down here, and, and lo and behold, the Senate flipped, the House flipped. It's become fairly Republican territory, reliably. I've enjoyed the hell out of it. It's been a great place to raise the family, a great place also to see democracy in the ultimate melting pot of, of political America. And no state income tax and no snow. That doesn't hurt either. It does not hurt. So you've been here uh, about uh, 24, 25 years. 25 years. Yeah. Well, this weekend, we're actually celebrating the 23rd anniversary of the Cigar Dave Show, which actually... Uh, the idea, the concept came right in Pat Roberts' office up in wow. Tallahassee. We were walking Good back man. from a lunch with uh, the governor uh, back in 1995. It was April of 1995. And uh, we were coming back uh, from uh, the governor's mansion, and I passed a cigar shop, and I see a cigar. <laughs> and one of the gentlemen who happened to be running one of the talk stations in town said, I love cigars, too. And the cigar boom was coming. Tampa's the cigar city. Walk in, and I'm in Pat Roberts' office, and I said, we ought to do a, cigar a show on cigars. Great. When do you want to start? I don't know. How about after July 4th, July 8th? Great. When do you want to do it? Saturday, lunchtime, noon to one. Great. And then from there, we're at 150-plus markets. So who knew and, and who, you know, it's amazing because when you think about how things have changed, not only in politics, but in our everyday lives, 25 years ago, 23 years ago when I started the show, do the show and then you're done for a week. Right. There was no Twitter, no social media, no Facebook, no YouTube. It was basically... You know, you sat down, you did the show, and then you had to say everything you needed to at that two-hour period, or you had to wait a week. No longer. It's the same thing in politics. 24-7. 24-7, 365. 365, and, and if you like that in life, like, I don't know what your philosophy in life is, Dave, but I can tell you. We aren't here for a long time. We're okay. here for a good time. The bottom line is this. That's it. I don't want to sleep. I mean, I, I mean, I'll sleep a long time at the end. Let's do it now. And so politics is that kind of profession, and you just have to be willing to ride out an amazingly um, torrential field and industry at times to get to the promised land. I've enjoyed the hell of it, met a lot of great people along the way, learned a lot. And I think I've, you know, I've been a part of making an impact uh, on, on society, and it feels good. Adam Goodman from the Victory Group, our guest here at the Florida Broadcasters Association Annual Convention at the Benoit Resort in St. Petersburg. Adam, let me ask you this. Somebody comes to you and says, I want to run for office. I'm tired of seeing what's going on. Somebody could be from the military or business. How does it work? They, they come to see you or somebody recommends them to see you and they say, I want to run. Tell us, give us the background process behind the scenes from the time someone says, I want to run to the time that... You, you work with them on their campaign. It's a great question. Can I give you a story? Absolutely. Okay, so a uh, number of years ago, I was in Baltimore, Baltimore, and it was cold. I remember there was snowy, and I saw what was happening here politically in Florida where Charlie Chris had decided uh, he was going to go uh, north to, to Washington or try to go north, and that things were opening up, and I started doing the quick calculus and said, oh, my God, that means this opens up this and attorney general. So I call my good friend Pam Bondi. I'm now idling in a parking lot with snow around me, 10 degrees outside, and I called Pam. I said, Pam, I think the attorney general uh, office is going to be open, and you're, you could be a perfect fit for this. She then, as a prosecutor, kind of you know, cross-examined me for an hour. I'm almost asphyxiated by the time I get out of this one-hour interview because the car is still running because it's cold as heck. That began a six- to nine-month process for Pam, where I said, Pam, these are the things you have to ask yourself. Right. Could you be great 
as attorney general? Absolutely. Could you do the job? No question. Do you want to do it? Do you, is it part of your mission in life to, to do it for more people than you've done it in Hillsborough County? That's important. Are you okay getting hit uh, by people that aren't going to necessarily agree with everything you say? Uh, is, it, is it something that fits into your, kind of your family life right now? Uh, do you want to give up what you're doing, which was a great job with Mark Over at that point here in Hillsborough? So it took her six to nine months, Dave, to go through that process, and not just with me but with others. And I said, if you answer all those questions, yes. We're ready to then say, I think we're going to run. Not we're going to run. I think we're going to run. Then we go out and market test it and see if she actually has what it might take to win. And if we, she does and she's still in the same place, we go. And that's what we did with Pam. And we've done with so many others. And then there's also the fundraising and money. And that's the thing I think that most candidates can't stand is having to make those calls every day. Uh, and it's a shame that we are in a system today where in order to get elected, you really have to do that. It's not like the old days in Baltimore where right. you go from stoop to stoop. Right. Hi, I'm running. I'm Joe Smith. I'm running for office. Those right. days are almost long gone. Yeah, they are. And, and I, I think, unfortunately, I don't know how you feel about Citizens United, the decision that the court came down with a number of years ago. It really was a bad decision for democracy because what happens now in campaigns, we're being outspent by the outside. Right. The outside forces, you can do whatever they want, raise however much money they want. Uh, and if I were just in this for the money, that's, where I, that's, of course, where I'd spend all my time. It just is really kind of debilitating to the candidate and discouraging uh, to people you know, that are around a campaign or looking for a leadership to emerge as opposed to whatever the outside says goes or doesn't go seems to have more swag than ever. Well, being the alpha male in chief that I am, the global alpha, the global five star, if I ever decide to run for office, you got to go for the top, either governor or president. So if that's the case, Adam, I will be giving you a call. Well, you're a natural. You're a natural. I have a lot to work with. In what way? Tell me. Um, you have a presence about you that is real. You're very, very uh, articulate in the way you present yourself. Uh, you feel very sincere in the way you communicate. Those are three qualities that if you don't have, I can try to manufacture them, but it becomes a lot more difficult. You can't manufacture authenticity and integrity. That's it. This guy's pretty good. Sergeant Steve, this guy, that's it. We're running for president. That's it. <laughs> 2024, mark it down. The announcement's been made, right? The announcement's been okay. made right here on the 23rd anniversary edition of the Cigar Dave Show. Adam, I'd love to have, being that you're so close to us, would love to have you on as we get closer uh, to the uh, November elections, get your take, and then we'll have a cigar and a libation uh, somewhere here in the Tampa Bay area. You're on. That's Because I know in politics, nobody ever has any libations. Never. Never. At least not more than once a day. Absolutely. Tell me, where'd right. you grow up in Baltimore, by the way? Where, I whatever. grew up uh, just north of Baltimore in Pikesville. I know Pikesville very well, sure. Went, went to McDonough School. You know, sure, through, absolutely. Through know that years. area well. And we both and went to the Mount Washington Tavern many went times. Went to the Mount Washington Tavern too many times. Too many times. Probably. That was an, an institution. It burned down. They rebuilt it. But it's not the same as the original. When you're in a working class uh, a city like Baltimore, and you have a place like the Mount Washington Tavern that just feels so real, it, it gives life a, a whole nother And let's not forget the old Pimlico, the Pimlico oh, Hotel. Oh, my gosh. That was that was another institution. A total classic also. That, that was, I tell you, it's just, you know, just being in those northeast cities, Buffalo, Detroit, Cleveland, uh, Baltimore, Philly, just very, talk about authentic people, people that work hard. They've got that lunch pail mentality. But those are, that's authenticity at its finest, at its core. And you can't manufacture that. It just is. No, tough towns, tough people, great people. Adam Goodman of the Victory Group, noted political consultant. You've seen him on CNN and on MSNBC and on Fox, all the networks. We appreciate you joining us today and can't wait to have you on again. Been my pleasure. All right, fellow Alphas, we will continue right around the corner from the Florida Association of Broadcasters annual convention at the Vinoy Resort, downtown St. Petersburg, Florida.
The Cigar Dave Officers Club selection this month is FSG by Drew Estate. This features Florida sun-grown tobacco as an accent tobacco, adding nuance and depth. FSG by Drew Estate also features Nicaraguan fillers, Honduran Habano binder, and a lush Brazilian wrapper. Want these cigars shipped directly to you each month? Log on to CigarDave.com to join the Officers Club. As a cigar connoisseur, one of the pleasures that we derive is walking into our retailer's humidor and seeing the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. Nine years ago, I had the idea that I wanted to share great cigars with the cigar lieutenants. So, the Officers Club was born. Every month, you will receive three fantastic premium cigars direct to your door, shipped in a very dapper Officers Club customized Ziploc cigar pouch. $22.95 per month gets you the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. No long-term contracts. You can cancel whenever you want. You enjoy great cigars right to your door. Names like Perdomo, Diamond Crown, Brickhouse, San Latano, Rocky Patel, Torano, CAO, Avo, Camacho, Greycliff, and many more. Join the Officers Club today. Go to CigarDave.com, click on Officers Club, and for $22.95, you'll get the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. America is under attack. Basic freedoms, privileges, and acts that we would normally take for granted are disappearing each day, including the simple ability to enjoy a cigar. This is Glenn Loop, Executive Director of Cigar Rights of America, CRA. At a time when elected officials should be thinking about education, public safety, and creating jobs, they are actually thinking about smoking bans, new taxes, and regulations of historic proportions on premium cigars. The cigars that provide us with pleasure, relaxation, and fellowship are under attack. We have to stop it. That's why Cigar Rights of America was created, to work for a new political day for cigar enthusiasts across America, to roll back restrictive laws and defeat onerous taxes and regulations that impact everyone from your local cigar shop to your personal humidor. For the price of a few great cigars, be a part of this effort to protect your right to enjoy a cigar without excessive taxation and cumbersome legislation. Go to CigarRights.org. Let's tell the government we've had enough. Join now, CigarRights.org. Cigar Dave Show, your passport to unabashed pleasure. As we continue front and center from the Florida Association of Broadcasters annual convention at the Benoit Renaissance Resort, downtown St. Petersburg, magnificent uh, property. And uh, just really appropriate that on the 23rd anniversary edition of the Cigar Dave Show that we come to you from this convention because, as I mentioned in the previous segment with Adam Goodman of the Victory Group, the idea, the concept for the forerunner of the Cigar Dave Show, Smoke This, uh, was created back in April of 1995 after a Florida Association of Broadcasters board meeting and lunch with Governor Lawton Childs at the time, uh, just as a walk on the way back, about uh, about a four or five block walk. So 
We will, uh, we will talk with Pat Roberts, who is the CEO, in the next hour. But I want to remind you that now, uh, what are we, six weeks away, Sergeant Steve, from the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the water, presented by Gurkha Cigars, Saturday, August 11th, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m., Buffalo Riverworks, downtown Buffalo. It is going to be a fantastic event, fully ticketed VIP event. When you walk in, your one ticket price includes six great cigars from Gurkha, including the new Gurkha Chateau Privé, the Gurkha Marquesa, the Gurkha Ghost Gold, the Gurkha Ghost, the Gurkha Havana Legend, the Gurkha World Challenge, a humongous buffet fit for the Alpha Male Carnivore Station. We're going to have Pasta Station, just everything you want. You won't go away hungry. We're going to have massive numbers of spirits, craft beer tastings from Hamburg Brewing. It is Saturday, August 11th, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m., the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the water, presented by Gurkha Cigars, Buffalo Riverworks. Tickets are moving. When they sell out, they're going to sell out, probably going to be gone in the next three weeks, so get your tickets now. Info and tickets, CigarDave.com. Info and tickets for the Pleasure Fest in Buffalo, August 11th, CigarDave.com. Our number two of the Cigar Dave Show, 23rd Anniversary Edition, comes your way next. This is CCRN. The Cigar Connoisseur Radio Network. Broadcasting from Humidor 1A in the cigar city of Tampa, Florida, U.S.A. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show, your weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure-friendly hotlines are open. 877-DAVE-007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time for the General Cigar Dave. And we welcome you from our special Ford Theater of Operations just across the Cigar City, across Tampa Bay to St. Petersburg, downtown St. Petersburg, where we have moved our Command Center Alpha operations to the Vinoy Renaissance Hotel and Resort as we are attending the Florida Association of Broadcasters 2018 convention. And I am proud to say that I have been a member of the Florida Association of Broadcasters. This is hard to believe for 28 years. And our first guest, who will join us momentarily, I have known for 28 years, just about uh, nine, 10 months after I moved to the Sunshine State. Hard to believe, but it's so appropriate that we have our next guest today on the 23rd anniversary edition of the Cigar Dave Show. And we welcome you back, your global five-star and global alpha male-in-chief. Don't forget, as always, go to CigarDave.com, upper right-hand corner. Follow me on social media, 24-7, 365, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Whenever something happens, you will learn about it first via our social media feeds. And also don't forget to download the Cigar Dave mobile app so you can get us 24-7, 365. It is my pleasure to welcome to our Cigar Dave show, Microphones and Command Center Alpha, C. Patrick Roberts, the Chief Executive Officer of the Florida Association of Broadcasters, longtime friend. Pat, it all began, and I said this in the first hour, hard to believe when we had a Florida Association of Broadcasters Board of Directors lunch with Governor Lawton Childs at the time at the Governor's Mansion. 
And we, I was walking back with you and uh, another uh, person who was on the board, Todd Leeser at the time, who ran WSUN uh, Radio AM 620, and picked up a cigar. And in your office, I said, you know, cigars are happening. Tampa's a cigar city. We ought to do a radio show on cigars. And right at your desk, by the way, I, took, I commandeered your chair like a good alpha. And your desk, you were standing, I think, uh, doing something. And uh, it all began there. No, no research reports, no big case study, no big business plan. We just had the idea, and here we are 23 years later. It was a wild and crazy day. I remember it well. And uh, we joked about doing a wine show as well as a cigar show. The wine show here, 24 years later, is still in its development stage. <laughs> has never been launched. Why? I'm not sure. The business plan isn't written it, yet. The, the business plan's not ready. Uh, and my comment was, okay, guys, this sounds like a great idea, but how are you going to do cigars on radio and explain what they look like and how they, the aroma and no video? And I said the same for wine. Well, congratulations, Dave. You've done a hell of a job. It's incredible what you pulled off and... Uh, Congratulations on behalf of the Florida Broadcasters and myself personally. Uh, it's been a great run watching you do this and go nationwide and on all platforms now. Absolutely. Things have changed. And I remember the first time we met, Pat, because at the time I owned a radio station in suburban Tampa. And the Florida State Seminoles Football Network came to me early on after I took over and said, we need an affiliate. And I uh, negotiated hard saying, well, I need some tickets, I need this, I need that, I need access to some goodies for some of our advertisers. And uh, they had an affiliate relation, they had affiliate uh, party, appreciation party at, I think it was the Ramada Inn at the time, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, sure was. And there's a guy at the bar having a Michelob, uh, I think it was a Michelob light at the time. You introduced yourself, and uh, we started talking, and the next thing I know, you're like, I need you on the board of directors of the Florida Broadcasters. And that was like 28 years ago, and with the exception of two years, how you rooked me back to coming back on like 12 years ago, I have no clue, 15 years ago. But in any event, I've been on, I was thinking about this, for 26 out of the last 28 years. I need, there should be term limits, Pat. Take me I, well, off. No, well, we're, <laughs> you're an associate member now, so we don't really let you have a full vote. Full we vote. Just have you, you get a half but vote. But we need some historical viewpoints, and, uh, and you bring a lot of history to it from the industry, but also from the side now that you've got your own show. So, uh, and you've made quite a name for yourself everywhere I go in the country, not just Florida. Uh, you go to fine restaurants and have cigar nights and everything. Everybody knows what you do. So, uh, You've made an impact. Well, we've evolved. You know, when we first started, uh, Pat, you think about it, we didn't have all these enemies of pleasure, and we just talked about cigars, and now we've evolved into grilling and steaks and red wine. Great, you're a wine connoisseur and oneophile and many levels, and so we, we certainly talk about our libations, but it certainly has evolved. But I think the one thing, Pat, that what we look at, no matter where we are, is that people work hard in every industry, especially this industry. And we're going to talk about some very important things that the Florida broadcasters do. But people that work hard, all the broadcasters here, under a lot of pressure, working hard, they want to be able to enjoy themselves after hours Absolutely. and on weekends. And, and, and to a degree, for many years, we lost that in this country. And it's made a renaissance where people now say, hey, I want a good martini. I want a good glass of wine. I want a nice, thick, juicy steak. Give me a great cigar. We're going back to the way it used to be back in the 50s and 60s. I totally agree. You know, I think, you know, uh, I've always told people you can, as long as you work hard, you can play hard. But you got to work hard first. And um, I do think there is an evolution coming back. People are, I think, people that are successful are working harder and working longer hours. But then they can go have fun and play, whether it's a vacation or a weekend or even Tuesday night. 
go out, have a great steak, enjoy life, have a glass of wine or any of the libration they want. And if they're a cigar smoker, go enjoy a cigar. Pat Roberts, the chief executive officer of the Florida Association of Broadcasters, our guest. And uh, we are very, uh, we appreciate Pat's uh, hospitality to be able to broadcast and originate from the Florida Association of Broadcasters Convention at the Renaissance Vinoy in St. Petersburg. Pat, we are on, we've got our mobile app and we are on online, cigardave.com, but our 105 terrestrial affiliates do a great job with us and for us, and we work very close hand in hand. And Pat, no better example, I think, of the power of broadcasting took place last September in Hurricane Irma, because the entire state wasn't just one part of the state. This was the first time I can remember where every part of the state was under the gun. We didn't know where it was going. I thought it was going to Miami, then it's Tampa. We had Governor Scott, who did a magnificent job going to every city, preparing people. We didn't know where it was going to go. I evacuated, but our broadcasters did not leave the helm. And uh, that is a great tribute, and I think that uh, I want to pay tribute to all those great broadcasters, especially uh, Bob Holiday down in uh, Key West, because he was the only form of communication uh, right before, during, and after the hurricane. He and his staff did an incredible job. Uh, but I'll tell you, I've been proud of the broadcast community. Uh, 92 was the first major hurricane in modern history, and that was Andrew. 0405, we had nine hurricanes, different parts of the state. And like you said, last year, Irma, you know, in a way, the state was very lucky. Um, the Florida Keys were not lucky. It went right over it just north of Key West. Bob's station was there. The eye passed over his station. But he never went off the air. He became communication for the sheriff and everybody else. But in disasters and hurricanes, broadcasters step up. And the partnership usually between the local radio and television with big newsrooms get the word out when you don't have power. And that hurricane, you're right, it went right up the state. So the eye, after crossing the Keys, never crossed a major urban area, but it impacted with hurricane or tropical storm winds I think it was 64 of the 67 counties. The only place that didn't get that was Pensacola. Everywhere else, it walked straight up the middle of the state. And so we were we were lucky in one hand, and but the entire state was affected. And when you think about that, Bob uh, uh, last night at uh, he was re he received the Bill Brooks Award. Bill Brooks, a legendary broadcaster in Palm Beach, and good friend of both of ours, especially you, Pat. And I know Bill would have absolutely been proud of uh, Bob Holiday and his entire crew. But what was amazing is Bob said the sheriff's radios, two-way radios, all went down. Cell service went down. The sheriff would actually go to the radio station and say, we need a crew over here. We need a crew over here. They were listening on their radios in the car. And then when people were where there was a, an issue where somebody apparently had a heart attack, a stroke, they couldn't get people out, Word got to the station, and they made those announcements, and medical personnel actually went because they heard it on the station. Cell service was down. Internet was down. If you didn't have a battery-operated radio, you were screwed. Cars and battery-operated radios kept those people informed, alive, and knowing where to go get help. No, it was an incredible story and a very difficult place. A lot of homes were lost in the Keys, a lot, and they're still not back. So... They're working on that. They've done some special allocation of funding to get more houses there. But no, Bob and his team, and I knew a number of them. They were incredible. We talked to them all the way through the hurricane. Talked to them the next day. The chairman of the FCC's been down to acknowledge what he did. The senators of the state of Florida have been to see him. No, it was a great story. I mean, unbelievable. But 
it's that's when you're proud to represent the broadcasters. We truly are the lifeline in a disaster for the community. And I think you donated the Florida Broadcasters, and I think the National Association of Broadcasters donated what ten thousand battery-operated radios for Puerto Rico. Yes, we uh, we helped put together ten thousand radios with NAB and group owners, and we then not only got them to Florida, but I knew FEMA well. So working with FEMA and private uh, shipping companies, we got them into Puerto Rico very quickly, distributed them through mayors in the rural towns around Puerto Rico. So they got out where people needed them because they had no communication there. Radio was the lifeline. Well, Pat, I know that uh, FEMA across the country and in Washington, they have relied on you personally and the Florida broadcasters because of the experience that you have had in these storms with other disasters, whether it's in Texas, whether it's earthquakes, whether it's uh, uh, flooding, whatever the case is for these disasters, that FEMA has been uh, in contact with you on how the broadcasters and how you've done it. I know you've got a space, a space permanent space at the uh, uh, Florida Emergency Operations Command up in Tallahassee and uh, direct communication with the governor. And the governors are, you're usually the first call they make when a disaster is coming. Well, we're, we try to be out there and help them, but we also helped in Katrina and other disasters. So, yes, I mean, maybe it's sad that we had to learn by experience, but we did. And we're glad to help Puerto Rico, other states, Texas, uh, Louisiana. So, uh, but it's, the, I tell you, it's the broadcasters who make you proud for what they do every day of the week. Well, Pat, it all began 23 years ago, April of 95, sitting in your office, smoking a cigar, coming up with this crazy concept to start talking, uh, do a radio show for first an hour locally in Tampa about cigars, and then obviously we've expanded to two hours in nationwide syndication. But it all began in your office, and every time I see you, what's the first thing you always ask me? Where's my piece of the commission? I need where's to get the, a, I, yeah, Where's the commission check? Yeah, an ownership interest. <laughs> I need something. But Never no, fails. Dave, congratulations. It's an incredible thing what you've done and continue to do all these 20 years plus and, uh, and look forward to 20 more years of it. Absolutely. Pat, uh, good friend, and uh, we always enjoy being part of the Florida Broadcasters uh, Convention. And I should say, we love hosting the big cigar party. It's become the hit. We do. Oh, it well, first, is. we started with one night on the first night of the convention, and then you called and said, how about doing it two nights? And I said, absolutely. And we were up to, I think, one in the morning yesterday. Everybody oh, enjoying yeah. cigars and libations. No, thank you, and thank you for bringing the cigars. Everybody has a great time. You can tell we're getting older, Pat, because back in the old days, we'd be up till about 3, 3.30. Well, now we're down to one. Story. Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't do the clubs afterwards and then get up at 5 to be at the meetings at 8. No. Oh, the stories we had. But anyway, oh, yeah. Pat Roberts, the chief executive officer of the Florida Association of Broadcasters and personal good friend for many, many years. When we come back, we'll talk to some other friends who love cigars here from the 2018 Florida Broadcasters Association Convention in St. Petersburg. The General is always on Twitter, delivering breaking news, giving you the latest intel on cigars, and battling the enemies of pleasure. Chat with the General now at Cigar Dave Show. Several items I would like to get to today. First up, those of you that are members of the Cigar Dave Officers Club, the June 2018 selection of the Drew Estate Sampler, consisting of an FSG by Drew Estate, the Florida Sun Grown, the Acid Cuba Cuba, and the Hoya de Nicaragua Antaño, they shipped 
Thursday and yesterday. We had a delay because of all the civil unrest in Nicaragua. The, uh, the main highway where the cigar manufacturers ship their products or transport their products to the, to the primary airport in Managua was blocked for uh, umpteen days. So we had a delay in receiving the cigars from the Drew Estate factory in Nicaragua. We have received them. They have gone out later than we normally ship them, but they did go out Thursday and yesterday. So if you are a member of the Cigar Dave Officers Club, early to mid-next week, you should start seeing your Officers Club June 2018 selection. July 2018 should be on time. The Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the water in Buffalo, presented by Gurkha Cigars, exactly six weeks away, Saturday, August 11th, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m., Buffalo Riverworks. It will be a day of alpha male pleasure maneuvers. Everyone attending will receive a special Gurkha Assault Pack consisting of six premium Gurkha cigars, including three of their new brands that they are launching in two weeks at the Cigar Retailers Convention. You will be the first in the country, in the world, to sample those cigars. Huge alpha male pleasure buffet. We will have loads of craft beer or samplings from uh, Hamburg Brewing. We'll also have loads of distilled spirits. Cigar Dave Live broadcast. It'll be a great day. Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the water. Presented by Gurkha Cigars in Buffalo, New York, Saturday, August 11th, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Info and tickets, CigarDave.com. They're going quick. Info and tickets for the Pleasure Fest, CigarDave.com. All right, as we continue from the Florida Association of Broadcasters 2018 convention at the Renaissance Vinoy, downtown St. Petersburg, Florida, we will be joined by some special guests momentarily, but a quick reminder, don't forget the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the water, presented by Gurkha Cigars in the Buffalo, New York Theater of Operations, Saturday, August 11th, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m., Buffalo Riverworks. It is a great day of alpha male pleasure maneuvers. Everyone in attendance receives a gift bag with six incredible Gurkha cigars, including three of their brand-new blends. You will also enjoy a sumptuous alpha male buffet, carnivore station, pasta station, 30 or so different spirit samplings, craft beer from Hamburg Brewing, live broadcast of the Cigar Dave Show, noon to 2. Info and tickets, CigarDave.com. It will sell out again this year. Ticket sales are moving at a brisk pace. I open up a few more tables, but when they're gone, they're gone. Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the water, presented by Gurkha Cigars, Saturday, August 11th, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m., Buffalo Riverworks, presented by Gurkha Cigars. The Tinderbox, Hamburg Brewing, and our great affiliate up in Buffalo, News Talk 930, WBEN. Go to CigarDave.com for info and tickets. My pleasure to welcome some longtime friends and uh, executive uh, on the board of directors of the Florida Broadcasters. First up, we've got the chairman, the new chairman, incoming chairman of the board, Mike Pumo. By the way, you are now in great company with Frank Sinatra, the chairman of the board, Mike. Exactly. Congratulations. Thank you. We've got Jerry Carr, a former chairman, and Jerry's from Buffalo. Or from Rochester, just down from Buffalo. But that, Jerry, you got to put the microphone right, right close. You know, you forgot being yes, in a broadcasting already. But my question is, when you have this event in Buffalo, will the snow be gone? It's July. It's August 11th. It'll be gone. It'll be gone. Usually for three days in the summer, the snow is gone. Mike, you're from Cleveland originally, so we're all used. To, we're, we're what I call is the uh, the blue collar belt. Rochester, exactly. Buffalo, Cleveland, Detroit, Toledo. We're I all from that neck of the woods. I worked in every one of those towns. Everyone. Every one of them. Rochester, every- WKBW in Buffalo. 
That's right. Graver of Weinstein. May he rest in peace. Oh, yes. He was great. I'm a cigar smoker. Well, that's what we're going to talk about. And we've also got Reggie Garcia, the attorney for the Florida Broadcasters. Reggie, you're from Tampa. You just told me that you're, I think you're, you have relatives that rolled cigars in Ybor City. Grand, grandmother uh, rolled cigars in Ybor City in the 20s and 30s. And uh, it's a terrific pic picture in the state capitol of a cigar uh, factory where the lector or the lecturer or reader would read to yeah, the... lector, uh, right. To the, uh, ...to the rollers while they, while they were working. So... Uh, and my father was known to enjoy a stogie, and, and I do too. And you know Cynthia Fuente very well. Went to high school with Cynthia. And, That's right. You know, probably should have married her, but she didn't give me that opportunity. She was, you know, maybe a little out of my league. Not in your league, Reggie. Cynthia's a great lady. Yeah. No question about it. He didn't have to agree with me. Oh, of so course I did. did. We're politically incorrect here. Of course we did. So, Mike, you're the general manager of uh, the Sinclair TV stations down in West Palm Beach. You used to live in Tampa, so you know about the uh, cigar city and the history. When did you start uh, getting into enjoying cigars? You know, it actually started about uh, 20 years ago in North Carolina. Uh, also a big tobacco company. That's right. Uh, country, they, although they were more cigarettes, but that's when I first started getting into cigars. And then after I moved to Tampa, it really exploded. I, too, have been to Ybor City and had some hand-rolled cigars, which are absolutely fabulous. And, Dave, your, your stash stacks right up there with them. Well, we had a great uh, – we do our annual cigar night. It started as just one night. And uh, Pat Roberts, the CEO who we had on earlier in the show – said, hey, uh, General, let's do it two nights. What do you think? I'm like, absolutely. And that really is just a great evening, great socializing. And I'm going to ask both of you, do you all know what Jerry Carr's favorite cigar is? You, Mike, you know? I have no idea. Reggie? An Arturo Fuente no. Opus Opus. Wrong. Whatever's free. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry calls me and he says, you know, it used to like the Hoy de Monterey Excalibur. Still do. Garcia Vega? Well, a nickel apiece. <laughs> no, you, your, your, your tastes are far better than that now, Jerry. Dutch Masters? Yeah, right. Three cents? Back in the but old I, days, you're dating I must, yourself. I must tell you, in a recent trip to Honduras, I went into a tobacco shop to buy a cigar, and I thought, what better place in the world than Honduras That's to right. buy a cigar? Right. So I said, how much? And he said, 20 centavos. For two cigars. Which is how much? 20, ce 20 cents. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, <laughs> I'd be a little concerned, Jerry, about whatever you're getting there, my friend. I would be concerned. But for a long time, I know you like the Hoya de Monterey Excalibur. And, and Jerry would always call me and say, hey, send me some cigars. Send me some cigars. So for Jerry, before the, the convention ends, I have to give him a little treat bag of some cigars to That's take right. back to Boca Raton. That's right. And, Mike, you're doing great down in West Palm Beach, uh, uh, WPEC. Yes, sir. Doing fantastic. And I know we have to go to Vic and Angelo's. We do. And have to have a cigar and some great Italian food when I'm in Palm Beach. Also the Angry Moon Cafe and Angry the Cigar Moon is, Bar. That's right. right. There. Close to where Cigar Mother resides part of the winter. Exactly. So we'll do it for sure. And, Reggie, I know where to find you, a Tampa guy up in Tallahassee as well. So Reggie Garcia, the attorney for the Florida Broadcasters, the new chairman of the board, Mike Pumo. Now everybody's got to kiss your ass, Mike. <laughs> All right, and we've got Jerry Carr, longtime broadcaster and good friend. And when we, former chairman. Former of the chairman board. of the Florida Broadcasters right, Board. Right. When we come back, we'll be joined what we call the Fabats. Lindsay, Heather, and Brooke will be talking about alpha males and dames. Everything you need to know. It'll be fascinating around the corner. The 
2018 Alpha Pleasure Fest on the Water, presented by Gurkha Cigars, is Saturday, August 11th at Buffalo Riverworks in the Western New York Theater of Operations. It's a day full of Alpha male pleasure, including six premium Gurkha cigars, including three soon-to-be-released new brands, distilled spirit tastings, craft beers from Hamburg Brewery, and a buffet fit for the Alpha male. The Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the Water, presented by Gurkha Cigars, is Saturday, August 11th in Buffalo, New York. Get your tickets now at CigarDave.com. As a cigar connoisseur, one of the pleasures that we derive is walking into our retailer's humidor and seeing the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. Nine years ago, I had the idea that I wanted to share great cigars with the cigar lieutenants. So, the Officers Club was born. Every month, you will receive three fantastic premium cigars direct to your door, shipped in a very dapper Officers Club customized Ziploc cigar pouch. $22.95 per month gets you the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. No long-term contracts. You can cancel whenever you want. You enjoy great cigars right to your door. Names like Perdomo, Diamond Crown, Brickhouse, San Latano, Rocky Patel, Torano, CAO, Avo, Camacho, Greycliff, and many more. Join the Officers Club today. Go to CigarDave.com, click on Officers Club, and for $22.95, you'll get the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. And the winner of the first Nobel Pleasure Prize for Outstanding Achievement in Advancing the Alpha Male Good Life is your general, Cigar Dave. We welcome you back from the 2018 Florida Association of Broadcasters Convention from the Renaissance Vinoy Resort in St. Petersburg. And let me clarify, that is Florida, not Russia. I don't want to be part of the Bob Mueller investigation. Now, it is a pleasure for the next two segments, for this half hour, to welcome some very special dames to the Cigar Dave microphones. I call them the Fabettes, because uh, many people call the Florida Association of Broadcasters, FAB, the Fabettes. We've got Lindsay, Heather, and Brooke. I am protecting their last names so that they are not in any way, shape, or form. They get in trouble because, uh, you know, ladies, you never know. Appearing on the show, you could be subject to a subpoena from some investigation. So, therefore, we're going to keep it just on a first-name basis. And we also know that Heather happens to be in witness protection. So, therefore, we don't want to reveal her location. So, we've got Lindsay, Heather, and Brooke. And I should say that Lindsay runs the uh, – Lindsay, what's your official title at FAB? I'm the vice president. Vice president. Yes. Excellent. And Heather, your – I just know them all. They do all a great job. What's your official title? The Director of Communications. And you communicate very well with me, I must say. I have to. You must, exactly. By the way, and I'll get to something in a second. And Brooke, what is your official title? I am the Executive Assistant. Excellent. And we've known them all. They have done a wonderful job. Congratulations on another great convention record attendance this year. So congratulations. And it's always a delight working with all of you on our cigar and libation party. Always fun. Now, we've got some junior fabettes. First of all, we've got Kelsey. Greetings, Kelsey. Hello. 
Kelly. Hello. And Olivia. Hello. <laughs> Very articulate, ladies. Hello. <laughs> you can tell they're Florida State University graduates here. Uh, no, just kidding. No. So you all are, are you in college or you graduated? First of all, uh, Kelsey. Um, I'm an upcoming junior. Upcoming junior. Yeah. Kelly? Uh, graduating in August. Graduating in August. Olivia? Upcoming senior. Upcoming senior. Well, congratulations to all of you. And what's very interesting is I had a conversation yesterday, and we started talking about the alpha male lifestyle and the importance of alpha males, and they brought up some very revealing items. But first, let me go back to Lindsay, Heather, and Brooke. First of all, ladies, what do you notice first on the desk here right in front of me? Go ahead, Heather. Just some big balls of steel. That's right. And in addition to the, my titanium nads, the balls of steel that I never leave home without. And ladies, you all know this. When you're looking for a man, you want a man with balls of steel. Now, Lindsay, Heather, and Brooke, would you say you're all married to alpha males? I'd say yeah. so. Yeah, yes, for sure. And I know them all exactly. And by the way, I should say Brooke is a fellow German shepherd owner. I am. Nola, beautiful Nola. Uh, female German. How old is she, two? She is one. She's one. Yes. Beautiful. Just I love the markings. And you'll have to send me that picture because we'll post a picture. Absolutely. And we'll have to get Sultan and Baron because Baron, like father, like son, Baron likes his harem, too, and uh, from what I uh, the reports I received, he's been at the breeder the last 10 days uh, who's boarding him, and they said he, General, is going to be a fabulous breeder. He's humping everything in sight. So I said, well, clearly after 14 weeks, I taught him well. Congratulations. So, there you go. Exactly. All right, now let's talk about alpha males and the importance of alpha males and the three ladies, the junior Fabettes, Kelsey, Kelly, and Olivia, I asked you all, we started talking about alphas, and two of you said, oh, I think my boyfriend qualifies as a beta. So who was the first to say that? Go ahead. I think it was Olivia. Olivia, don't? No, no, no. At Florida State, if, are you in communications at Florida State? No, I'm in sales. <laughs> well, if you're going to be in sales, let me give you a little tip. You can't cover your mouth with your hands. That is never going to work if you try to talk. All right, Olivia, you're first up. So the first thing I said, we started talking about what is an alpha male, and you said, uh, I think my boyfriend's an alpha male. Or beta male. I'm sorry, beta male. That's what you told me. Get the microphone. Get, 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 there well, you go. Well, I wouldn't put it that he was a beta male, I would say. You told me he was a beta male. Don't lie. You're talking to millions of American alpha Amer Americans right now. Come on, tell me the truth. Okay, I would say that some I'm the alpha female. Now tell me why you're the alpha female. Describe that. Um, I would say that I'm the one deciding where we go to eat and maybe where what we do day to day. Now was he like this from the very beginning where he was very indecisive? Very. He's very, he knows he's indecisive. Okay, and what was the attraction, if I may ask? Um, he's very smart. Okay, all right. He that's cares good. a lot about his family. Okay, that's good. Good quality. He always treats me well. That's there's, good. There's no negative. But he's not decisive. Does that no, bother you a little bit? Sometimes. Sometimes. When? When we're trying to figure out where to eat or. I mean, in in his defense, I'm a little picky, so when I want, when he decides where we want to eat, I maybe shut it down. But when you would like for him to call you up and say, Olivia, tonight we're going to go out to Restaurant X, and then afterwards we're going to go have cocktails, so be dressed appropriately, and I'm going to pick you up at uh, 645. You'd like that, wouldn't you? I would like that. Yeah, but it doesn't happen. No. It's never going to happen. You know that. Uh-huh. 
Ladies and gentlemen, speechless. I rest my case. You know it's not going to happen. All right, so let's move to Kelsey next. Kelsey, did you not tell me that you have a beta boyfriend? I'm trying to remember. Um, I would say he's a little of both. He's a little bit of both. Yes. Describe what, what is alpha and what is beta about him. Um, I would say things that he actually has a preference on, he will make it known. And things that he doesn't, he will let me decide. Okay, so give me an example. Um, where we eat... Um, he's alpha on that. Beta. He's beta. Beta. Okay. We're driving aimlessly. <laughs> driving aimlessly. So uh, he's not a planner. He's not the kind of guy that takes no. charge. I, I would say I'm the planner. Okay. What was the attraction? Um, he's very he's very smart as well. Um, oh wait 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 no no comments for the peanut gallery no. here. No no whoa 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 whoa. So what else? Um. Wow. He has a strong head on his shoulders. Um, he definitely stood out from the other guys that have so he's too. So he's smart, but he's not alpha in the manner that you would like. I do like the ways that he is alpha. In what way is he alpha? Um, if he has an opinion on something, he will make it known. I okay. can't really think of an example so right wait, now. So why, why do you think that, so he's very opinionated, yet why yeah. do you think when it comes time to making decisions about where you're going to go, what you're going to do, why he abdicates his responsibility on that? I think he thinks that I will be happier if I make the decision. Ah, he's wrong, because you want him to make the decision. Sometimes I would like him to make the decision. Yes, you would, and it bothers you that he doesn't. <laughs> Only occasionally. Okay, occasionally. All right, now let's go to Kelly. <laughs> Kelly, did you not tell me I think that your boyfriend is a beta? Uh, I said, like, at, he, at, like it, I meant, like, fraternity-wise he was. <laughs> well, wait, what do you mean fraternity-wise is a beta? What does I know, that mean? I know, I was just like, oh, well, he was in Come beta. He was in beta, so. I don't mean is in beta, He's but I mean, do you know what a, a beta I know, male? I know what you mean, but I thought it was funny, so I said Okay, it. gotcha. So, do you, is he an alpha male? Um, at first he was. <laughs> and what, so at first he was, and how long after you started dating did he become beta? Pretty quick. <laughs> Why do you think that was? Because he's comfortable. He's comfortable. I yeah. see. So he doesn't have to wow me anymore. And you don't like that, do you? You want no, him to wow I don't you. like that. You don't. You want him to wow you. You want yeah. him to put you number one. You want him to be decisive. Yep. And it bothers you. Have you told him that? Um. No. No. Well, I try. Are you? You try. What, how did you try? Tell me what you said to him. Because you bring it up, and then once you start talking about problems, men are like, whatever, and they walk away, and then you're just like, okay, and then you fight. Okay, well, yeah. let me give you, ladies, one of you said you wanted to change him. Who was that? One of you ladies yesterday said, oh, I want to change him. Was that you, Olivia? It was, it was not me. It was not me. Okay, it was, it was not, not you. Me. Wait a minute. You know what? It was, it was uh, Kelly. No, I, no? No, no, I no, didn't somebody say said, that. Who wanted, no, so one of you said, oh, I think I can change him. No, Olivia, it was you. Yes, it was. It was you yesterday, Olivia. Now I remember. Get goes close to that microphone, Olivia. Yes, it was. You said, well, I can change him. You remember saying that? No. You're under oath. You are under oath. I am holding up my right hand. Then you, it must have been under uh, the, the, the presumption of alcoholic libations that you were imbued earlier in the evening. Because I remember you told me, you said, well, I can change him. One of you said, I'm telling you, Olivia, I think it was you that told me you could change him. It was. You said, I think I can change him. Okay, in my defense. So you did say it. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, you can see she was under oath and she lied initially under oath. Okay, go ahead. In your defense. In my defense, by changing him, I mean that he wants to be the person that I, he wants to be the person that I want to be with. Does that wait, make wait. sense? He wants yeah. to be the person 
that you want him to be? No, 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 no. He like he he, he just he wants to do what you want. What to do. makes me happy? What makes me okay, happy? Okay, that's great. But does he do what makes him happy? I think so. You don't know that. I, I mean, yeah. Have you asked him that? Hey, does this make you happy to do this, or do you like doing this? Well, I say that we should agree on something. Okay, but what if he says, hey, listen, I want to go play golf with the guys. I'm going to Vegas this weekend. Is that okay? Well, golfing is. Why, why can't he go to Vegas with his buddies? Because I don't trust his buddies. Do you trust him? Yes. So then what's the problem? Well, it's not so much about what we're thinking Vegas is about. It's more on the aspect of under-intoxication where... Maybe his friends are a little crazier than so him. So you want to put a leash around him? No, no. Sure you do. You don't want him to go to Vegas. You want to put a leash around him. You want a noose so he can no, hold, hold I would him back. No, I would love to go to Vegas with him. Okay, that's great. But what if he said to you, look, we'll go sometime another time, but I'm going with my buddies this weekend for three days to Vegas. Then I wouldn't stop him. Okay, that's good. Perfect. That's good. Now, how long have you all been dating these gentlemen? I've been dating him for a year. For a year. Okay, long time. And uh, uh, Kelly? It's a timeline. That's <laughs> <laughs> a timeline. Just make it easy for me. Uh, well, basically since high school. And you're going to be a senior? I'm about, no, I, I'm graduating in August. Okay, you're graduating. So yeah. it's been, what, five years? Does he, do you live, does he go to Florida State also? No, he went to University of Florida, so. Oh, he's sleeping with a gator. jeez. <laughs> that could really be a problem. Uh, okay, so, so long time. So you've never dated anybody else in that four or five years? Not seriously. Okay. You think this is serious? I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah? Yeah. But some things well, bother see. you. You're young. I mean, I get annoyed pretty easily, so. Ah, okay. So, but, you know, you're young. It's just spread your wings, as we like to say. All right. And, Kelsey, what about you? Tell me. A year. A year. So, really not that long. You think you're going to marry these guys? I don't know. The answer, that's a no. Go ahead. Kelly? I don't, I don't, that's a no. I don't know. That's a no. Olivia? Yes. Yes, really? Uh-huh, but you have a pr you think you're going to marry him. Just, do you think he's going to marry you? Yes. How do you know that? Well, we talk about the, our future together. Okay. And what has he said? We talk about what we want in our future and we already have a dog together. Oh, we have a dog together. Yes. Ooh, okay. That's very big. What kind of dog? A lab mix. Okay, that's good. That's an alpha dog. That's good. So it's not like a little chick dog. Okay, well, so he's not an alpha dog. He, he's a baby, like a big baby. Okay, but he's like a breed. The breed would be considered now. It's not like a little lasso or a little shih tzu, one of those little, you know, glorified cat dogs. But as as I'm under oath, he's he's not an he's alpha not, dog. Okay, well, a couple of days in, in Cigar Dave Alpha Male remedial dog boot camp. I could turn him around just like that. There's no problem. So you think you're going to marry him? I hope so. You hope so. Okay. Interesting. So, and you've been, right, you've been dating him for a year? It, well, dating officially, yes. We've been together probably almost a year and a half. So what do you mean a, uh, officially? Ofi well, I mean, we started dating You're just banging him for six months oh or what? God. I mean, what? <laughs> give me, give me a officially, no, unofficially. We were, we were like together and then we decided that we wanted to get seriously involved Okay. And make it official that we were a couple. Okay. So you all, there's something that bothers you about the men. You all want them to be more decisive. Now, let me give you a little tip, all of you. 
and I wish you all the best. But I'm going to tell you this right now. If any of you ladies thinks you're going to change a man, it's never going to happen. A leopard doesn't change his spots. If a man, unless they come to Cigar Dave's Alpha Male Remedial Boot Camp, where I can work with them and mold them to become alphas, if they don't go through that, they will forever remain betas. Because what you learn early on is that a man, his personality, his tendencies come out right from the beginning. If he's alpha, he's alpha from day one. If he's beta, he's beta from day one. Did he, from the very beginning, did any of them say to you, hey, we're going to do this, this, and this when you went on in your dates? No. No, I see two shaking heads. Kelsey? No. No. What did I tell you? So, and I didn't even know that. So it just proves you that my, this five-star alpha male in chief, the global alpha male, my hypothesis is right, that when... Whatever you get from the get-go, that's how it's going to be. Now, let me bring over the original, go to the original uh, Fabets, where we've got uh, Lindsay, Heather, and Brooke. So, first of all, I know all your husbands. So, Lindsay, tell me, right from the get-go, your husband decisive? Yes. Yes. Heather? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Brooke? Yeah, he's super opinionated. <laughs> that's right. And they're decisive. And that's what you all like, right? We yeah. love to be put in our place sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes. It's necessary. Ah, Heather, you just... Bing, bing, bing. You just hit the magic word. Now, when ding, I say ding, ding. Ding, bing, 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 ding, ding, ding. Or as Donald Trump says, bing, 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 it's done. The key is putting your place. That doesn't mean physically or, you know, being abusive or anything. What it means is every so often, like, you know, you, I'm sure your husband gives you a look and says, really, Heather? Yeah, no chance. Is that right? Oh, yeah. Pretty much. Oh, yeah. And that's the thing is that you respect that. You don't want a guy that you're going to walk all over. Because initially, you may say, oh, I'm attracted to this guy. But once you start walking all over him, women need the little challenge. They need a little bit of that, uh, that tension going on. If all of a sudden you walk over the guy, you want a James Bond type. Right, ladies? You want a man. You want a man. You want a man. Exactly. You want a man. Let's go to the junior fabettes. What do you all want? Tell me. Go ahead, Kelsey. Come on. Uh, to be happy in a man. Okay, happy in a man. But you want a guy that's decisive and strong, right? Kelsey. You want a guy that's strong and decisive? Yes. Okay. Kelly? Yep. You, you can say more than yup. I mean. <laughs> what was the question? The question was, what, you, what are you looking for in a man? You, what traits do you want in a guy? You know, someone who's cute. And, <laughs> okay. Um, decisive, right? Decisive, yeah. You want a man's man. I want a man's man. You want man. a James Bond type. You don't want a guy that's going to be. James you know, Bond would be too attractive for me, I think, honestly. No, no, no. James Bond would be great for you. You want to know why? Why? The name is Bolt. Can you get James him to Bolt. commit, though? Ah, ha, ha, ha. Very good. I don't good. think you would get that kind that's of That's good. See, this, she's a sharp one. See, even though kind of hidden back there, she's got, that's a very good point. Because James Bond, the one thing I tell all men, I'm going to reveal a little secret to you ladies. I tell all men, when women want a commitment or women ask you, you know, are you going out with anyone else? Are you doing this? Your answer should be like James Bond. You just look at them, and you don't give them an answer. See, James Bond never answered the question, as you know. But what, it is, what was it about James Bond that women like? A little bit of mystery, intriguing, confidence, alpha, decisive. When he walked in, he captured that room. And that's what you all want, right? Olivia, you want a guy that captures that room. But I only want to be the one capturing him. I don't want anyone else trying to capture him. You're missing my point. You, but see, wait a minute. You want a man that when he walks in, he's got that big presence, right? Let's go to the original fabs. Lindsay, you want a guy that's got the presence. What was it that attracted you to your husband? I mean, similar things to what they're saying. I mean, he's a family man. He's a good man, but he's also a gentleman. 
that's important too. And to me, I mean, I met him when I was in college, and he took me to dinner. He opened the door. Bing. He pulled out my chair. And that's right. That's a dying art, and I tell all alphas that. All alphas are always gentlemen. And he still does. That's right. Does he wear cologne? Yeah. That's good. Yeah. That's an alpha. Do you know that's the number one requested item of men from their women? They want their men to wear cologne because most men don't. Heather, does your husband wear cologne? He does. Beautiful. What does he wear? Do you know? I think it is. You should know that because you should be able to go to the store and buy some for him. Brooke? Yes, he does. All right. Very good. So what was the attraction, Brooke and Heather, when you first met uh, your now husbands? Well, I've known my husband since middle school. We were best friends for a long time. So I pretty much knew everything about him. So him just being open and honest, which he is with me, a.k.a. he puts me in my place whenever I need to be. Uh-huh. I, I like that he was so open. He makes me laugh. It's ah, funny. that's it. Because women like sense of humor. They like confidence. Gentlemen, all those are very important. What about you, Heather? I mean, the same things. I'm a great guy all around. He got me from the start. Right from the get-go. How long have you all been married, by the way, Lindsay? I'm on 11 years. 11 years. Heather? Um, I've been married for four, but we've been together for 12. Okay, Brooke? We've been married for two, but I've known him since middle school. Long time. <laughs> yeah. So how long... So you... How old were you when you got married? 29. 29. And so you knew him since you were what, like 14? Yeah. That's incredible. We started dating, though, like seven years ago. Wow, incredible. All right, we'll continue wrapping it up from the Florida Association of Broadcasters Convention with our Fabettes and our junior Fabettes as the final concluding segment of this edition, the 23rd anniversary edition of the Cigar Dave Show, comes your way next. The June selection for the Cigar Dave Officers Club is FSG by Drew Estate. This medium to full-bodied cigar is blended using the Florida sun-grown tobacco grown by Jeff Borshowitz from Corona Cigar. FSG is the first cigar to use Florida tobacco in nearly 40 years. Not a member of the Officers Club? Get premium cigars shipped directly to you each month by signing up today at CigarDave.com. In 1964, Jose O. Padron began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle, always focus on quality, never on quantity. Nearly 40 years later, Padron cigars are recognized for their superior taste and majestic construction. The result of Padron controlling all aspects of the cigar making process, including planting their own seeds, growing and curing their own tobacco, and constantly supervising the rolling room. To Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padron family, it's called making great cigars. The Padron lines include the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series and the Padron Traditional line. All Padron cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padron. For your Padron retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padron is on the band, quality is a matter of family honor. Surgeon General warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. Fellow Alphas, we are cutting edge when it comes to technology. And state-of-the-art technology demands that we have the Cigar Dave Show available for you 24-7, 365. Anywhere on the planet. And that's why we keep continuing to improve the Cigar Dave mobile app for iPhone and for Android. If you do not have the Cigar Dave mobile app, you are missing out on the ability to listen to the Cigar Dave show live on your mobile device, 
Saturday noon to 2 Eastern time. We also play a continuous loop after the show, and we also have podcasts available on demand in addition to numerous other features. So do not delay. Go to the App Store, either in iOS, the Apple Store, or Android, and download the Cigar Dave mobile app. Just search Cigar Dave, and you can listen to the Cigar Dave show 24-7, 365. Never miss an episode. Download the Cigar Dave mobile app right now. All right, final segment, final uh, minute or so. want to thank Lindsay Heatherbrook, the original Fabettes, and also our junior Fabettes, Kelsey, Kelly, Olivia. First of all, Lindsay Heather and Brooke, thanks for the hospitality. Great job. Always great seeing you all. And ladies, junior Fabettes, if you have any questions about uh, finding an alpha, questions, CigarDave at CigarDave.com. I will remember all three of you, believe me. And that's why... Alphas, I wanted to present the female perspective. Very important that we learn about the other side. Helps you strategically and tactically when you are hunting down potential dames to add to your harem. Don't forget, Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the water, Saturday, August 11th, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m., presented by Gurkha Cigars, Buffalo Riverworks, downtown Buffalo. Incredible day. Info and tickets, CigarDave.com. Tickets going quickly, so make sure you check it out. Cigar Dave, the general, saying, Mayor Humidor always be full. Mayor Cutter always be sharp. Mayor Ashby extra, extra long. Semper Delictatio, always pleasure. Long live the alpha. Make America great again. Screw the enemies of pleasure. Thanks to all of you great alphas. 23 years on the air conducting alpha male broadcast pleasure maneuvers. We shall continue in the future. <laughs>